Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 40. I'm your host, Sal Qatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing, Nihal? I'm doing well, man. It's been an exciting week in soccer. You know, there's been some bad stuff with, uh, you know, the whole women's national team, um, all that stuff. All I'm going to say is we got to support both teams, um, and we want both to win. That's that's the best case scenario. All that being said, there was El Clasico, and we made it to episode 40, dude. Episode 40 of the Soccer Brothers podcast. Yeah, it's definitely a milestone, and, you know, it's... it doesn't seem like we've made 40 episodes to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, we just keep on chugging along. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. It is a lot of fun. And you know what else is a lot of fun? What? Wearing an Ambitious Strike t-shirt. Do you know where to get an Ambitious Strike t-shirt? Where? Ambitiousstrike.com. Do you know how to get a discount on your Ambitious Strike t-shirt? You can get a discount? Yes. <laughs> you must go to checkout after clicking on your item. And then where it says coupon code, enter the code BROTHERS. That will get you 15% off on your entire purchase. That's, I mean, that sounds like a great deal. Ambitious, it is a great ambitious deal. AmbitiousStrike.com, you say? Yeah, I just found out about them, like, yesterday. <laughs> Go check them out, guys. Uh, the link is always in the description. Uh, it's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Check them out. Great company. Barcelona hosted Real Madrid in the Camp Nou. Everyone's eyes is on this game. There's really no other soccer that you're watching at this time. Uh, if any league decided to put a game at 2.30 on Saturday, then their ratings just must have gone down a lot. In the ninth minute, Suarez misses the sitter, and it just looked like Barcelona was going to take the early lead and gain all the momentum. Yeah, that was a woeful miss. And Suarez's finishing was not great all match. He had a couple of chances. Uh, it was great play by the team. Put Suarez in a position, and he's he has to convert. He really does, um, and he he must be disappointed. He definitely it's the one he definitely wants back. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed in that front three. Um, I think that you know Messi definitely, as he likes to do, played really deep, yeah. and he was he was a big part in the in the attack going forward. But we didn't get to see him in the box that much or take many shots. No. Uh, since you know he needed he he needed to break down that Barcelona or that Real Madrid midfield, but um, overall I, I would have liked to see more of that. Uh, I, I I would say um, I, I think Neymar was the best Barcelona front yeah. man today, or not today, but uh, on Saturday. Um, you know he it's it's scary to think how young he is and how much he's already accomplished and how good oh. he can be. Uh, how old is he? I don't know, like twenty two. Yeah, he's, he's 24. He's 24. He's younger than Jossie's artist, so... That's, that, that's insane. <laughs> I... Yeah, he's I mean, 20, Yeah, that's right, because he would be... I, I don't, is there anyone that good at that age? I don't think so, but... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some others that, you know... I don't... I'm not really that... I don't know players' ages off the top of my head, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I... Okay, so, so in the 25th minute... Uh, you know, Messi is on the counterattack. He's about to he's about to get into the penalty box. You think he's going to take a shot on goal? And then Sergio Ramos collides with him, and you know he tried to. It looked like he tried to go for the ball. It looked like a tackle, but there was no follow called at all. A lot of people thought it was a penalty at first. After review, uh, I saw on BN that uh, you know Messi's foot looked like it was outside the box when the challenge happened. So I mean, it was definitely outside the box, and it was definitely a foul. So I, I think it should have been a free kick to Barcelona. It wasn't. Um, but, you know, 
those types of things happen. Real Madrid got robbed of a goal later in the match. So it, it, it happens. It's soccer. Yeah. So then at halftime, it ended up 0-0. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't exciting. I would say that Barcelona definitely controlled most of the game by that point. Yeah. Uh, and it was the first, uh, first uh, nil-nil, first half score in a long time in, a, in, a, in El Clasico. So. Yeah, yeah. It, they, they definitely don't end that way. They, I think it hasn't ended that way since, like, 2002. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ronaldo tested uh, <clears throat> tested Claudio Bravo once in the first half, but, you know, there really wasn't much going for the for the Real Madrid attack there. They didn't they didn't look as cohesive as the Barcelona attack did. Yeah. It just looked like a lot of one person trying to dribble. Well, through. they're always going to try to play counterattack, especially on the road against Barcelona. Um and I think once they started exploiting Jordi Alba, that's when they started to get more and more chances towards the end of the match. You know, Ronaldo would go to the right sometimes. Bale was doing well. Uh, and, and Jordi Alba, you know, he's, he's a good defender. He's been so good for Barcelona for the past, what, three years now, four years now. Um, but he did not have a great match defensively. And, uh, you know, I think that's really what did Barcelona in, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so in the 54th minute, uh, you know, Messi, uh, there was a loose ball, and he got on the end of it. He had, like, no momentum when he took the shot. But, he, you know, Kaylor Navas makes this great diving save. He was trying to put it in the right corner, but he couldn't get it. And I think that, uh, that chip was incredible. I mean, it was a great chip. I thought it was going in. I was about to go crazy. And then Navas makes the, just a wonderful save. And, you know, you have to say, Navas, it might, Navas might be better than David De Gea right now. Um, that's a different debate for a different day. Definitely one of the top two players in CONCACAF, Kaylor Navas, um, along with uh, Chicharito Hernandez, and maybe Wes Morgan's up there right now. But, I mean, he's just an incredible keeper, one of the top-class keepers in the world, and he just keeps on showing it and keeps on proving it. And I'm just so excited to see CONCACAF being represented at the top in every league. Um, you know, Christian Pulisic, Wes Morgan, um, and Kaylor Navas, it's it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so so in the 56th minute, you know they got a couple corners since that messy shot, and uh, eventually, you know on the on that last corner, the, Messi takes the corner, and then Gerard Piquet makes it one nil. He he looked uh, a bit unmarked. He he was marked initially, but then he ran up, got an open look, and put him back in the net. I mean, a powerful powerful header. And, it bounced, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, didn't didn't Ray, Ray, Ray Hudson said something about how it was like the Donald Trump's hair of marking or something? I don't know if that was this this goal. Uh, I forgot I when don't... he said that. <laughs> um, I, I know he said the salmon thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like this no, but that sa- was... <laughs> Yeah, but he says that. Yeah, like, he says that, he said that, that. He yeah. says that before, yeah. By the way, just to insert it in here kind of awkwardly, if you haven't listened to our last episode, episode number 39, definitely go check it out. We interviewed Phil Shane. It was a great interview, uh, and he is the guy who is commentating with Ray Hudson. Um, he commenta- he's a commentator for BN Sports, does a great job, one of the best American commentators right now. He's just got a really exciting voice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. And then um, in the 62nd minute, Real Madrid equalized with... You know, Marcelo makes a great run running centrally. You see that more often than not for, I mean, for Marcelo, he's right? A left back just always. He's great yeah. at that. 
he looks like he could play number 10 sometimes, honestly. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think that maybe that leaves you a little exposed. I think we saw that in the World Cup against Germany. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's a good player. Obviously, he plays for Real Madrid. <laughs> you know, I feel like Cruz uh, wasn't really the replacement for Di Maria, really. And I feel like sometimes I actually see runs from, from uh, Marcelo that look like Di Maria runs. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's interesting. I never really thought about it in that way. Um, I mean, Marcelo does definitely like to cut in. Um, and there was, I think, I can't remember if it was El Clasico, but a match, I think, last year where Marcelo scored on his right foot and he had a great run and he cut inside. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm, Not specifically, yeah, no, but he, he, I believe that. He's, he's, he's so much fun to watch. And seeing him and Danny Alves go at each other is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so he slips it into Cruz, and then Cruz uh, crosses it in. I think it took a deflection on the way in, but eventually it bounces, and Benzema has a beautiful scissor kick to make it 1-1. Are we calling it a scissor kick, or was it an overhead kick? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It looked like he was ending. Okay, I, well. I, thought it was a, you know, I thought it was a scissor kick, too, but everyone was calling it an overhead kick, so I called it an overhead kick in a tweet. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I, I, D should have been on that. Well, I, I, he was. You were tweeting. Okay. No, I, 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 I think I would lean towards scissor kick. But what a what a take! I mean, Benzema. You know, remember two years ago now, and three years ago, two and a half years ago, in 2013, um, people were calling for Benzema to be dropped in favor of Alvaro Morata. And I mean, look at how good he's been for the past two years. Uh, and you know, I'm excited to see what he can do this summer with the French national team. And we'll talk about the Euros later, but. I mean, he, he's just such a great player, and he really com- completes that front three of Ronaldo and Bale and Benzema, of course. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's, he's just so good. Yeah. And Cruz, Cruz does a great job, to his credit, to get the ball in there. It does take a deflection. Um, and like you said, it really starts with the run of Marcelo. Yeah. Uh, and so in the 80th minute, uh, both, both teams, I would say, you know, from the 70s to 80th minute, Real Madrid was getting a lot of the dangerous counterattacks. Mm. Um, a couple of them, I think Ronaldo kind of screwed up and tried to take it for himself. But uh, in the 80th minute, Bale's goal, or Bale thought he had a goal. Um, you know, it was it was a cross from Ronaldo into Bale. Yeah. And it, it was disallowed because Jordi Alba went down, you know, a little bit easily. Uh, do you think this goal, this goal should have stood? Oh, absolutely. It looked like a perfectly good goal to me. I, you know, it's, those situations are hard because I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in the referee situation. I can see why he called a foul. Alba feels contact and goes down. Um, I, I believe the sideline official called it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, it, was, I, it looked like a clear and good goal to me. And I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad Real Madrid was able to get another goal just a few minutes later. Yeah, in the 85th minute, uh, this time it's Ronaldo on the receiving end and Bale crossing. Uh, after a Bale cross with his right foot, his weak foot, Ronaldo controls it with his chest and then mags Claudio Brava for the winner. What a finish. What a finish. I think the finish is really, really underrated because he had to get that exactly right to put it through Bravo's leg. And uh, not a great day for Ronaldo, but he ends it with an exclamation point and is able to score. And Real Madrid was down to 10 men at that point as well. Uh, Sergio Ramos got his 21st red card in league play. Wow. I wonder if that's more than Pepe. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it says a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, a lot of people were saying that he should have already been sent off because he had a, a ridiculous challenge in the second half. 
that, that was from behind. And that, that was a yellow card. But, you know, people were saying he already should have been yellow carded because of the challenge that the referee didn't call at all uh, in the first half, in the 25th minute with Messi. But, you know, I don't think he would have gone in for that dangerous challenge had it, uh, like if he had a yellow card in the second half. But I don't know. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you. Yeah, was, there was definitely some controversy about how long Sergio Ramos should have been on the field. Right, and I, but, I think something that's maybe lost in the narrative is that this is Zinedine Zidane's first El Clasico, and I think he got it right. He did a great job, and uh, the first manager in a long time for Real Madrid to win his first El Clasico. Jose Mourinho lost, uh, Carlo Ancelotti lost, and Rafa Benitez lost their first El Clasico. So he was able, oh, to, he was able to snag a win on the road. Yeah, and as for Barcelona, you know, on the other side of things, they were at home. That ended their 34-match winning streak at home. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, I thought it was longer than 34. Um, it's, it was 34. Um, okay. Uh, is, that in lo- is that in league play? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, they, maybe are, they haven't lost the Champions League either, which is why I'm thinking that it was longer. Um, but, yeah, no, January 2015 was the last time they, won- they lost at home. Not, a, I mean, obviously they don't want to lose this match, but I think they're focused on the Champions League now. Uh, they should be able to run away with La Liga still. I mean, it shouldn't really put a huge dent. It does give Atletico Madrid, who also won, and Real Madrid a glimmer of hope, but I still think ultimately Barcelona is going to come out on top. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But, uh, yeah, Real Madrid just, just has to just focus on getting second. Uh Really, just I think beginning this long-term project with Zidane. Hopefully, if they keep him, they can see that. I mean, it's going to be hard for the Real Madrid board and Florentino Perez to say, you know, this is just this just just wasn't the year we were going to win anything. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's I think that's what they they should do at least. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And it, 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 Zidane obviously they didn't have a great start to the year. They fired Rafa Benitez. Um, Zinedine Zidane has done a good job, I think. And I, I think going forward, he should be the choice. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to another big European game. In Italy, we saw Lazio play Roma in the Stadio Olimpico, where they both play at home. And uh, Roma ended up taking this one 4-1. to one. Lazio was technically at home in this match, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, the seats weren't even filled up, which is extremely disappointing, and I'm just disappointed I mean, in Calcio and everything. It's a huge stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, we finally get to talk But even, like, it, 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 it was sad. It was sad. Yeah. I mean, we finally attendance. get to talk about Roma on the podcast, um, so I'm sure you're very happy. For the first time in a while. It's one of the biggest yeah. rivalries in Europe. Um, great, great win for Roma on the road, in quotations. 4-1, um, to one, and ever since Spalletti... Uh, came in. They haven't lost a league match. Is that right? Uh, they lost once to Juventus. Oh, they lost to Juventus. That was the yeah. first match, right? That was the second match. Okay. Well, since then, they haven't lost. Uh, yeah, Al- they've Al- has been a revelation after disappointing in at Milan and Monaco. Six goals in nine matches in league play. Uh, he scores the first goal on a nice header in the 15th minute. Edin Dzeko... Um, scores off a rebound off the post. I think, what, was it their second or third time hitting the post at that point? Um, yeah. Dzeko finally is able to score. Uh, Marco uh, Parolo for Lazio is able to score to make it 2-1 to one in the 75th minute. Terrible goalkeeping by Wojnak Chesney, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Florenzi scores a great volley in the 83rd minute, and Perotti, 
a nice bending curling finish in the 87th minute to put it away. Four to one to Roma in third place now. I mean, they were already in third place. I don't know why I said third place now. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is uh, a team. Lazio is a team that they definitely should have got. You know, they should have gone in thinking they should beat. But you know, it's always in Derby Day. It's always hard. Uh, Stefano Pioli, the coach of Lazio, um, was fired right after this match. Right. Uh, so that was a big thing. And Zaghi is going to step in at least as the interim head coach because. Uh, you know, that was kind of the last straw for them. They've had a disappointing season. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, they're, they're uh, 21 <laughs> points behind Roma right now. And they're in eighth place. Roma are in third. You know, it, it seemed like five, uh, five, six weeks ago, Roma might miss out on the Champions League. Now they've separated themselves from the pack. They're seven points ahead of fourth place Fiorentina. And it looks like if they can just see it out and, you know, play the way they've been playing, they'll be able to secure Champions League. At least a, a playoff spot. In yeah, a, a big game is we play Napoli, I think, in two games. and Iguain uh, won't be playing. Yeah, Iguain's out for four games, so he's not going to be there for that game. So I, I think that Roma's going to end up finishing second, get ourselves back into the Champions League. We actually have a good coach this time next year. Yeah. So I, I think we'll do well. As for the match... Well, well, one more thing. Napoli yeah. lost to Udinese this weekend, which is obviously a bad result. They play uh, Verona. Uh, then they have Inter Milan. Um, and then Bologna and Roma. So if, if they drop points to Inter, and Roma has a chance if Roma is able to win. Yeah, and yeah, but doesn't Napoli also play Inter? Or like in a, in during that Iguain band stretch? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Napoli. I'm talking about Napoli's schedule. Nap- oh, I didn't hear you say Inter. Okay. Yeah, Napoli plays Inter uh, in two weeks, April 16th. Yeah. So and Fiorentina disappointing. Result against Sampdoria at home. Yeah, Fiorentina also. Out. I mean, they're out of the Champions League. It, it, but it's huge to get that second place spot because the season doesn't start when those playoff Champions League games right. start. So, you know, you need. Actually, the last two years, the playoff teams have lost from Serie A, and I don't think. But none of them, that none was, of them have been as good as Roma. I guess Napoli. Yeah. Well, Napoli two years ago. Yeah, when they lost to Bilbao. Yeah. That was just awful. This year yeah, it was but, Lazio. Yeah. Losing to Leverkusen, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really like those. Those are tough draws, though, for a Champions yeah, it, League playoff. It's because one. So, so how that draw works? Here's some uh, quick uh, knowledge. Pattern, knowledge. I don't know. Yeah, knowledge about the Champions League and how dr- the draws work. So, so one of the pots that teams can be drawn together from, and you can only, I guess, and I'm using the word pot weirdly here, but you can be only be drawn against a team in your pot. No, no, is, no. You can only be drawn against a team in the other pot. I know, I know. I'm not actually using the word pot. Okay, forget that I said the no, word no, pot. Have, there's two different the, sides. You have, the champion, yeah. you have the champions, and then you have like teams like Napoli who qualify in third place, right? Yeah. Or or fourth place in right. you know Germany or right. England or whatever. Right. And so, but and be, oftentimes those third place fourth teams fourth place teams in the big leagues are better than like your. You know, Champions, lower yeah. level Champions of Austria yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and so you're, you're. I feel like you're always gonna end up. I, I don't. I think. I don't know if the system is bad. I, I just. I just. I, I mean, maybe it's fair. I mean, you won the league. Okay, I see but what like, you're I, saying about the pots thing now. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say so like, yeah. That's why Napoli is playing. That's why um, Lazio was playing Leverkusen because yeah. th- those were teams that weren't champions 
Um, so it, yeah, it's always going to be hard. It's it's a series of two legs, and I I hope that we don't see Roma in that. But I guess I'd be confident if we, if depending on who we draw. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully Roma is able to catch uh, Napoli. Yeah. All right. So why don't we move over to MLS? All right, let's do it. Okay, so we are both going to do our power rankings this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the teams that we think are the the top five or okay. the hottest right now or have the best chance to win the title. Let's start with five. Uh, Let's start with number five. Okay. So, uh, you know, I picked the LA Galaxy. Okay. They came off a disappointing draw against Vancouver, but I still think just because of their talent, you have to put them at number five. I think they're fourth in the West right now. I only have one East team on this list. Yeah. So, uh uh, I think that they still have a good chance to definitely finish in the top three in the West, and I wouldn't uh, doubt them to win the title either. They just got to figure it out. Yeah, I had a really hard time here choosing between Montreal and L.A., um, but like you said, I think I think although Montreal has a good chance to win the league, L.A. just edges out Montreal just based purely on talent uh, that they have, and if, it's, if L.A.'s players can start to get going, you know, Robbie, Robbie Keane is going to be out for four to six weeks with a, with a leg injury. Um, we'll see how that impacts the team, but you know, even then, they still have a great chance. They just need to make it into the playoffs. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah, and, and I, I was I was disappointed because also that was a a ten man Vancouver for uh, sixty minutes yeah. almost, or yes, yeah, around sixty minutes. So uh, they should have been able to get a goal, I think. But you know, it, it, you I, know I have faith David Ousted, Vancouver's goalkeeper, stood on his head. Jossie's artist from point-blank range hits a decent volley, and Ousted, literally from maybe three yards away, saves it. A great reaction save. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, he has, he's emerged as one of the top goalkeepers in MLS. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with you there. Uh, shall we move to number four? Let's do it. All right, so number four, I have Sporting KC. So they're second in the West, but they've played... Uh, one less game than Dallas. Uh, I actually think that maybe I could have put them higher, but th- I think they lost to a good-looking RSL team, uh, which which is fine. It's a fine result, but I just don't think after a loss that I can put them there very highly. But I think the team is very dangerous, and them at their best this season have been one of the more dangerous-looking teams, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, for number four, I have Orlando. Uh, you know, they're playing well. Breck Shea with an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, they... They have eight points. They're on top of the East uh, in four matches played. They're playing well. Kaká, it's, it was Kaká's first match back. A goal and two assists for him. You can see how important he is. Batuista, their new signing, hasn't even played with the team yet. Um, you know, it, Orlando, I think they're in a position this year where they should be making the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. and I, I have them on the list, but... Right. Uh, up higher. So at, at number three, I have FC Dallas. They're first in the West, but you know they had a disappointing draw against Columbus over the weekend, or at least for Dallas fan. And uh, th- they've also played one more game than a lot of the teams in the West. So uh, I put them at third. I still think they have a certain type of soccer that's really entertaining to watch. Um, yeah. I, I I mean I think that they need to play a, a bit better to maintain that 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 first spot in the West. But overall, we've seen what they can do. They were just so explosive last year in the playoffs and everything. I, I think that uh, they definitely have a good chance to win the title this year. Yeah. Um, I have Sporting Kansas City at three. Uh, you know, they're playing well. They have great players like Benny Fellhaber. I still am not confident that they've replaced Christian Nemeth. 
Um, and you know, it just like as you said, they they lost Real Salt Lake. Uh, so I, I I didn't I had them below uh, them. Uh, okay, my number two was Orlando City SC, and I I, I don't know. Wow. I think it, a lot of this has to do with just the win that they had. I mean, yeah, you you have to remember basically. I mean, Portland also kind of got like a garbage goal at the end in the 89th minute. Yeah, I, I think that you know almost a four zero showing against Portland. I mean, I mean, I know they haven't gotten off to the greatest of starts this year, but it's, st- it's still Portland. And, right. Uh, you know, they're doing really well in the East. And, I mean, to be honest, there's a little bit of my uh, bias. I just like story. I mean, I would like to see an expansion team winning it this year after – or a recent expansion yeah, a recent team after – Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After uh, only one season, full season before this. Yeah, I mean, they – you know, they, they have a shot. It started off well last year. We'll see. I mean, it's so early in the season. Um, yeah. So these, these things are kind of, you know – it's hard to do them. For number two, I have FC Dallas. As you said, a very explosive team. They have Fabian Castillo, Mauro Diaz, two of the best players in the league, Kellen Acosta and Uyoa, two homegrown players in the middle of the park. Uh, solid defense there with Matt Hedges. Um, they're just a solid, solid team. They're on top of their supporter shield uh, standings with two wins. Or sorry, sorry, why did I say two wins? Uh, well, actually, they, they, uh, they have three wins. I meant to say, um, I don't know what I meant to say. <laughs> Um, but they, they've played one more match than uh, Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake, or LA. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can respect that pick. Uh, and, and number one, I have RSL. And wow, yeah, I, I mean it's it's a bit weird, <laughs> but yeah, I think they're third in the yeah they're third in the West, and they came off a big win, uh, winning in Kansas City. Right. That, that was huge for them to contend for the top three, and. Um, you know, Sporting Kansas City didn't score until a, a penalty kick from Benny Fellhaber late on, and uh, I, I think that the, you know that that assist by Joel Plata in the 29th minute was really good to Glad's goal, and right. uh, I think that uh, Glad, by the way, only 19 years old, and he, he, I was impressed. I didn't know who he was before this actually, but um, yeah, overall, I think that you know it was a deserving result for RSL. It was a good road win, and I think that overall, uh, they have a very strong team. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I can see them winning this year yeah. for the first time in a few years. And Justin Glad, he can play fullback. He can play center back. Uh, he played a little bit for Real Salt Lake last year, but spent a good chunk of the year on loan um, to a USL affiliate. He's a good player. Um, but yeah, my number one is RSL as well, and I was surprised because I didn't expect us to agree on that. Um, but RSL is my pick to win it all. They had they were before the season. Um, I just think that front line: Yura Mosivzian is a fantastic player. Martinez is good. Sonny is good in midfield. Joel Plata um, has really, really uh, embraced that role as playing as a wide player. He was the player of the month um, in, in MLS. He's just been so good. And uh, I just think, uh, you know, he has three assists and three goals in four matches. That's, wow. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Um, and he's just been playing so well. And I can't pick against RSL. They're, you know, they're my favorite to win it all. Um, and I think, you know, that's all we're really going to talk about with MLS. But I just want to spend a little time to talk about a little bit more of MLS because it, it, it's been an incredibly weird start to the season. You look at the bottom five teams in the league, the bottom five teams in terms of points and goal differential, um, 
Toronto, oh, sorry, bottom six teams. Um, Toronto, New York, D.C. United, and Columbus are the bottom four in the West. Portland and Seattle are the bottom two. Or sorry, those were the bottom four in the East. Portland and Seattle are the bottom two in the West. And that's that's crazy. insane. That's crazy. And you have to, you know, I don't think it's any guarantee that these teams make the playoffs. Colorado are playing really well, and they don't even have Tim Howard or Jermaine Jones yet. Um, and then on, on the Eastern side, I expect Philadelphia and Chicago to fall out, maybe New York City. Um, Ooh, I don't know if I expect Philadelphia to fall out. I mean, they're playing Not well. This year, yeah. Um, Andre Blake's a great keeper. Yeah. Um, but the bottom four teams in the East all made the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, you, have the, yeah, you have the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Columbus and New York. D.C. was up there. Toronto, obviously, they have all the players. You know, for, with the money they've spent, having Jovinko, Bradley, um, I know Alstor hasn't been 100%, but having those players and having four points from four matches is just not good enough. So, Yeah. Uh, They're cursed. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean, it was a good goal that Colorado scored against them, but you have to be able to, with the players that you have, score a goal right. at least. You know, force a draw. Uh, right. And I, the other thing that happened this weekend is, um, you know, a Red Bull, Red Bulls and a Revolution play. The Revolution scored a goal when a Red Bulls player was injured on the field. Um, but, I mean, I, you have no obligation to kick the ball out of bounds if the referee doesn't blow the whistle. I mean, if the referee doesn't blow the whistle, you're not going to... You know, you're not going to throw. You're not going to kick it out of bounds anyway. But you have no obligation to kick the ball out of bounds um, if a player is down on the field. You can continue to play. You play until a whistle blows. That's my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I just hate that. I just hate that you are forced to kick it out of bounds, and then two minutes player, two minutes later. Sorry, I cannot speak. Sorry, guys, I'm so tired. I I cannot speak um, today. Um, but it. You know, it, I hate how if a team is attacking and a player goes down, they have to completely stop the attack, kick it out of bounds, and then a goalkeeper gets the ball back. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't it, like it's that. not acceptable. Yeah. Uh, okay, Nihal. Yes. Uh, while we're just talking about general things in MLS, I want you to guess after four weeks of MLS play how many red cards there's been. Hasn't it been five weeks. Oh, okay. Before I say that, that's the other thing about RSL. In two of the matches. They've had red cards, and I think they would have won those matches if that didn't happen. Um, red cards. Uh, four? No, it has to be more than that. Wait. Yeah. How many? Fifteen. Fifteen Isn't that insane? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my I mean, God. I, I don't know if the, actually, I mean, I don't know. That doesn't mean direct red cards, but still. Like, 15 ejections. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, Why? they did say that MLS refs were going to like buckle down or whatever, but I mean, that's kind of that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I mean, that's they kind of it just ruins the games. Yeah, I mean, because uh, yeah, that's a huge disadvantage. I mean, even Toronto before I was criticizing them, but uh, they, they had a red card in that match as well. I mean, okay, uh, so how many how many matches have been played? So eight teams in each conference have played four, right? So that's yeah. that's thirty two matches. Well, yeah. Well, I, well but they, they might have played oh, against. Oh, they played against each other. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know how many total matches there would be. That would be a longer process than we have time I for. I mean, you take the total but, and divide it by two, right? So forty two, twenty one. There've been forty two matches, I think. 
Okay. I mean, okay, so if, if it is, for, let's just say it's around 42 to 45. <laughs> yeah. That's still a third of, more than a third of the matches that have had red cards. Yeah. God. But I mean, I, I, I mean, we, we, we can, we can, we don't need to always criticize something big picture within American soccer. I mean, it's just, it's just it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will still watch MLS if there's red cards. No, me too. I mean, obviously, but. Yeah. Maybe the players have to get it together. Yeah. The West is just looking so strong this year, too, as they always do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I only had one East Coast team in my top Me too. five. Me too. But yeah, and ours were the same. Yeah. I'm, I, the, the seventh place team to West San Jose would be in second place in the East. You expected Columbus to do better than they're doing, right? I mean, yeah. So did I. Uh, why wouldn't else. I? I well, <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. You can't really, you can't really say anything yet. You know, we've seen teams implode, well, and we see teams come on late. Yeah, I mean, I'm still this. It's still not like a huge point gap. No, yeah, not, I mean, there's, it's there's not. Three, sorry. There's three points out of the playoffs. Yeah, but there's six, there's I mean, six that, points. They're two matches out of first place in the East. Right, but they haven't won a match. Yeah, but I'm, that's gonna happen. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I. What do you What do you think the biggest the, the biggest reason for that is the, the, the I big don't, drop I do that. not know. Jack I mean, McInerney. they've only yeah, Jack McInerney. They've only scored three three goals. Uh, you know, Kamara. I, I I just don't think they're getting Kamara the service that they were getting him last year. Do you think that maybe they should have made more additions in the transfer window? No, they made quite a bit. They signed Kamara, not not Kai Kamara, yeah. the other Kamara. Uh, they signed um, a defender. I can't remember his name. Um, a couple of midfielders. So, I, I mean, I, I think they made some good moves. Uh, you know, the, the team will come together. All right. Why don't we move on to uh, top five Americans abroad? We just love top five. We do we? love top five. Uh, so you are going to recap the top five American performances in other countries. Besides yes, besides the, the United States. Um, or, or Canada. Or, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so at number five, DeAndre Yedlin started and went the full match in Sunderland 0-0 draw against West Brom. And uh, a big, big result for Yedlin and Sunderland um, to keep him alive in the Premier League race. And, you know, as we were talking about last time, he just looks like such a better player, and he's so solid now. And hopefully he continues on this track. It'll be hard for him to break into Spurs, and it's the Spurs lineup. They have um, Kyle Walker, they have Trippier. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, but right now he's, he's killing it. Number four, Cody Cropper in the championship. He started um, and played the full match against Fulham. They did lose MK Dons, his team, did lose 2-1, to one, but he made seven saves in that match, which I thought was very, very impressive. Number three, Christian Pulisic, the American, or excuse me, Christian Wait. Pulisic. So no 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 Pulisic Pulisic yeah so that's how he wants to be referred to as um, he came off the bench only played ten minutes but I don't know if you saw some of the skills he was dealing he looked great and um, his play actually resulted in a cor- in the game winning corner kick as Bruce Dortmund beat Werder Bremen three to two number two it's that man again I think it's a joint one really Fabian Johnson started played the full match had an assist in Borussia Mönchengladbach's five nothing win versus Hertha Berlin. And I think John Brooks is tied there. He, his team did lose 0-5, to five, but that's because he didn't play. So we know how important he... I mean, Hertha Berlin is the third-place team in Germany, you know, and they lost 5 nothing to Bishop Mönchengladbach. A huge, 
huge result for Gladbach um, as they were, you know, before before this uh, week, they had, were falling a little behind. The the race for fourth, third, and fourth place are really really tight. Eretz Berlin are still in third place, but Monchen Gladbach leapfrogs three teams into fourth place. They have 45 points. Eretz Berlin are in third place with 48. So hopefully both of those teams qualify for the Champions League, and then we'll have Pulisic, Brooks, and Fabian Johnson, and Julian Green <laughs> for Bayern Munich. Um, and then number one, the man making his debut, Matt Miazga, started, went the full match in place of the injured John Terry and Gary Cahill for Chelsea, the first American to play in a Premier League match for Chelsea. They won 4-0 versus Aston Villa. In this match, Matt Miazga had six clearances, four aerial du- duels won, three tackles won, three blocks, and an interception. Can you say that again? Six clearances, four aerial duels won, three tackles won, three blocks, and an interception. So very, very good debut for him. Is it cynical to say that it was Aston Villa? Okay, besides Jeff Cameron and John Brooks, do we have anyone? I mean, I I don't see Omar Gonzalez and Matt Beasler playing against Aston Villa. No, I don't. No, I'm kidding. That's great <laughs> that he played 90 minutes. I actually didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Something that I noticed from this list. We have no goal scorers in Europe. Well, Bobby Sorry. Bobby Wood did not Oh, yeah, play. we do. Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood. Well, Fabian Johnson had an assist. Bobby Wood didn't play, um, and he's usually the guy who we look for <laughs> in terms of goal scorers. We don't really have many strikers in Europe. Um, I mean, this weekend we did see Rubio Rubin get back onto the bench. Um, which is really good, coming back from the injury. Hopefully he'll get back onto the field soon. Um, you know, Andrew Wooten hasn't scored in a really, really long time. Joe Jow is getting back into training. He's starting to play a little bit. Um, I mean, Joe Jow's not even a striker, so I—, I, I Who else is there? I mean, yeah, Fabian, Aaron Johansson next yeah, year. Yeah, Johansson's out for the year. Fabian Johnson scores, but— yeah, well, especially, was that, like, November, where he was just scoring every week? Yeah, I mean, November until January, really, he was playing really, really well and scoring and assisting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, Alejandro Bedoya didn't play. He was recovering from an injury. Danny Williams didn't score. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of strikers. They're all pretty much injured or didn't play. Andrew Wooten's really the only one who played. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was just something I was noting. No, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I'm just thinking, but, but like the top, so, so the top U.S. scores it goes is is Landon, Clint, Josie right now. Yeah, overall, yeah. Okay, I think they've all they've all they've all had stints in Europe or or played in Europe, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so did Winalda at fourth. Winalda, who? Yeah, okay. Eric Winalda. Um, no, I mean, like who's fifth? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> probably Sorry, maybe McBride. I, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, but you know, Landon, we can, you can always look to Landon Donovan to show that, you know, it doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, it matters. I mean, it, yeah, it matters. Wait, but like, Donovan, you know, I mean, I don't know why we're talking about this, but Donovan made his decision for other reasons. And I think they're all, they're perfectly valid. So, um, yeah, well, he, he he did. You know, MLS would not be where it is without Landon Donovan. U.S. Soccer wouldn't be where it is without Landon Donovan. So, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I mean, you know, you know, if if it was really, I I think he, 
a lot of, a lot of development is about you know adjusting with the with the culture and or, or being acquainted with the culture and you know and when he he was such a symbol of the American game like he was I mean I think that like it it doesn't even for how much he he grew the game just by playing for L A and San Jose I mean it's just it doesn't really make sense to say that like he should have gone to Europe at this point yeah, you know I, mean, I mean obviously he proved at, during his stints with Everton he turned their seasons around that he can he could have played in Europe he was a class player I agree I agree all right you know what else is class Sahil Ambitious Strike. Yes, Ambitious Strike. Go check out Ambitious Strike. They're a great soccer apparel company. You can check them out at ambitiousstrike.com. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Go check them out. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout if you buy something for a 15% discount on your entire purchase. As always, the link is in the description. We have an email for this podcast. It's soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and Instagram. Those are both at soccerbrospod. My brother's Twitter is at BigTimeBrownie. Mine's at ASR underscore Sahil. Uh, leave a review and rating it if you're on iTunes. Like or follow us if you're on SoundCloud. Um, we're also on Google Play now. You can check us out there. And the website's coming soon. The website is coming soon. Um, also, happy birthday to me in two days. Um, Wish you send your birthday wishes to uh, Happy Time Party. Also, uh, I, we posted something on Instagram, so it's exciting stuff. Yeah, we finally got around to that. All right, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>